Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This episode of the For the Love of the Game podcast is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is the number one spot for all basketball and football action this year. We've got NBA, we've got NFL, we've got college basketball starting up this week. We've got college football. It's a lot going on, and the best place to place bets is Bet Online. As you know, I like to sprinkle a little shekels on my pick five against the spread. Was better this week? Let's keep that momentum rolling, and Bet Online is the best place to do it. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile site to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Use promo code BLEAVE50. That's B-L-E-A-V-50 to receive your 50% promo code bonus. Bet online where the game starts. Episode 131, for the love of the game, let's get this work. DMV up, roll up and kick my feet up. This shit was for a ticket, man, I call that shit that free lunch. I tell her how to speed up, she slow and she can keep up. We know we always out, but somehow they would never see us. People go, change, hoes changed. I didn't, they say carrots up your vision, but somehow it made them. Listen, no, this ain't silver, this is my dilemma. Arrogant when I finish, I came from humble beginners. So it's nothing to finish and put my hundred percent in it. My pride in the pink and modify your opinion. Try to give them light in the message, but you have had some fucking DVSs. She say I'm trying. Welcome back, episode 131 for the Love of the Game podcast by yours truly, Aaron Tobin S. ATH, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network. And I have sworn off attending Knicks games in Madison Square Garden. That's it. No more. No mas. I was 0-2 on the year going into last night. Sunday, 6 o'clock game against the Cleveland Cavaliers. Thought, you know, my cousins were in town from Israel. Shout out to them. Listeners of the program, friends of the program. Take them to a game. It's a good spot to get a win. You know, feeling great after Friday night's come from behind win against the defending champs Milwaukee Bucks on the road. And what do you know? The Knicks look lethargic. And they lose to the Cavs. I show up to the arena. Ricky Rubio, who is a below average shooter for his career, all of a sudden looks like Steve Nash in his prime. 38 points, 9 assists, dropping trays from everywhere. Like, what is happening? So that's it. No more. I, I will I will not be in attendance for another game the rest of the year. We're swearing it off, all right? We're on I'm on a personal four-game losing streak dating back to game one of last last year's playoffs against the Hawks. It sucks. It's the worst feeling. They're six and four, and I'm 0-3. It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. So to the fan base. I'm not doing it to you guys anymore. To the team, I'm staying away. I'm staying away. So hopefully good vibes for the Knicks the rest of the year onwards. Because for a team that's going to win in the mid to high 40s in terms of wins, the fact that they're 6-4 and four on the year right now going into tonight where they're playing a depleted Philadelphia team. And by the time you hear this, my tone can sound a lot different because – once you win a game after you lose a game, you feel a lot better. But 
I just can't believe that when I attend these games, they fall flat on their face. It's nuts. And we'll get to the Cavs in a second. A couple of things I saw besides for Ricky Rubio having maybe the best game of his career. But a couple of positives from the Knicks, although they really played poorly. I mean, the Cavs shot 56% from three on Sunday. 56%. And you had the right guys shooting the threes. Extremely aggravating. Extremely, extremely aggravating. But a couple of positive takeaways for the Knicks were, one, I really like the way Quentin Grimes played in the fourth quarter. He was he got up in people. I know he airballed his first shot, but he had some energy. Made two threes. He had some energy. It looked like him and IQ, who also got back on track a little bit, looked like you you'd be able to spark a run in the fourth quarter and really make a comeback and, and actually win the game. But the Cavs, credit to them, they just made a bunch of threes, a bunch of big threes too. And Ricky Rubio just dumped all over me. It was like it was personal. It was like he personally despises me. And that's what happened last night. But yeah, so positives from the Knicks. We mentioned Grimes. We mentioned quickly. Another young guy, Obi Toppin. Had seven points in four minutes early on. Tons of energy. I don't know why he doesn't play more. I don't know why he doesn't play more. And I can't even, and I've been on this anti-Julius Randall kick. I can't even say it was Jules last night. Because he was all right. He was fine. It just, I don't know. But they got to find more minutes for Obi Toppin. If that means Julius Randall sitting more, so be it. Not a whole lot to be positive about the Knicks last night. But I'll say this about the Cleveland Cavaliers. Evan Mobley, the rookie forward center out of USC. It is crazy how good he is this early. The IQ on offense and on defense, he's never in the wrong spot. He's got incredible hands. He's got incredible feet. The fact that he can read the court on the short roll and is a fantastic passer already this early in his career is nuts. The offensive package hit a couple of threes, hit a couple of mid-range games, you know, great on the roll, on the, on the pick and roll. It's incredible how good he is this early. It's not supposed to look this way for big guys who are 19 years old. It's not. I mean, what we're seeing right now is some Anthony Davis level stuff. And I know I've been hard on Anthony Davis a lot. It's really in relation to how everybody thinks he's a top five player in the league. He's not. That's not what this is, but he's still a top 12, 13 guy in the league. That's undisputed. If Evan Mobley has the thing that Anthony Davis doesn't have between his his ears and the heart in terms of being a little competitive and not as, as brittle, Evan Mobley can be better than Anthony Davis. And... If you're a Cavs fan, that has to make you feel absolutely great. Incredible. I mean, it was shocking to me watching it in person how good he was. He dominated last night. And yeah, Rubio had the night of his life. But Evan Mobley was absolutely incredible. And that's a great transition into this rookie class, right? Because right now you'll say, how could Evan Mobley drop to three? Now, I would have taken him, too. I'm still a Cade Cunningham believer, and we'll get to him in a second. But this rookie class has been ultra, ultra impressive. 
headlined by Evan Mobley and the next guy, Scotty Barnes, who went fourth for the Toronto Raptors, has been way better offensively than anybody thought he was going to be, and he's been a menace on defense. He had some moments in yesterday's game against the Nets, even though the Toronto lost to the Nets, where he just blocking up James Harden, giving Kevin Durant fits. I mean, Scotty Barnes has been incredible. But other guys, too. Chris Duarte for the Pacers has been as good as advertised. Josh Giddy for the Oklahoma City Thunder has been really, really good. Davion Mitchell, the defense is, is out of this world good. And he's he hasn't shot the ball great, but you can see he's processing things the right way. Franz Wagner for the Orlando Magic has had himself a really nice start to his career. Another game I was in attendance in Madison Square Garden and lost. He actually didn't have a great game, but Franz Wagner, kudos to him for having a big game. Cade Cunningham has only played four games. He hasn't shot the ball well, but you can see that the IQ is there. You can see that it's there, and he's going to be a really, really good player, a really, really good player. And Jalen Green, I was a little skeptical on Jalen Green. He's shot the ball absolutely terribly. I mean, the percentages are horrific. Absolutely horrific. Shooting under 40% from the field, under 30% from three. But he has flashes, man. He has flashes of being absolutely dynamite. Absolutely dynamite. So, yeah, really good start to this rookie class for the NBA. I uh, just wanted to get that off my chest. So, but tonight's episode, we're going to do a little over halfway recap for the NFL season. We're going to bring back on a recurring guest because we do it every single year that we talk on this podcast, what we were right on, what we were wrong on in just a matter of moments. But I had to get that Knicks rant off my chest. Again, they have a lot of games this week. By the time you listen to this, my mood could easily have changed. But I just can't believe that every time I go to Madison Square Garden, they lose. That trend needs to end. And until I feel confident in that trend ending, I'm not going any more games. All right, uh, just just exceedingly frustrating. With that said, it's time to bring on a recurring guest, talk a little NFL, what we were right on, what we were wrong on so far, and a little forecast of the end of the season in just a matter of moments. We do this every single season, every single season, what we were right on, what we were wrong on midway through the NFL season. So I think you all know who we're going to expect for tonight's guest. It's the one, the only, Shy Elberger, who hasn't changed his Zoom background photo, which we'll talk about in a second. Shy, what's good, bro? How we doing? I think this is the first time we've spoken after a Giants win, maybe. So you're catching me when I'm not, uh, like last time, when Giants were 0-3 and I was severely depressed and couldn't really, you know, talk in higher pitch than a, a whisper. <laughs> it really is. You're right. I think this is the last time we spoke after a Giants win, I think in like two years on the podcast. Yes, so, uh, very possible. We're breaking a trend right now. We're breaking a trend. Um, I was actually going to ask you about the Giants. We're going to get to that in a second. But I wanted to ask you this question about the NFL as a whole. All right? You're a huge yep. football fan. I mean, you're as dedicated as anybody. I, I sort of come and go a little bit more than you do. Are you enjoying this NFL season? Seriously. I mean, if you take the Giants out of the equation for a second, I know that this, uh, you know, they're three and six, but are you enjoying this NFL season? Because the officiating sucks. The level of play sucks. To me, 
Overall, this season sucks. Why is this enjoyable? So I'll, I'll say two points to start. One is if you're going to remove the Giants, then the, then the enjoyment of the season only goes up. You know, if the enjoyment level is a six out of 10 and the Giants enjoyment is a two out of 10, remove them. The rest of the NFL, you know, enjoyment goes up a little. But yes, as you said, I am obviously a diehard football fan. These are the four months out of the year where I am very into, you know, sports. Like not, not that I don't watch NBA, obviously, as you know, I do. But, you know, football is my thing. So I'm always going to enjoy football season. And I think the reasons you might give for, for why you think it's a bad season, um, I don't necessarily see those as negatives. And I think we'll discuss those. And as for the officiating, I'll just say, like, I literally watched every minute of football when there were replacement refs. So I'm obviously, yes, do a lot of calls seem to suck and are very frustrating. And some of these roughing the passer calls are ridiculous. And the taunting calls are ridiculous. And, you know, the NFL wants the refs to be calling these and erring on the side of caution for various reasons. We can blame, you know, the Giants got a, a taunting penalty against the Chiefs last week that was very significant. Um, and John yes, Mara was. was one of the, the big proponents for instituting this taunting rule. So he can look uh, in the mirror. As to, as to, you know, who to blame. But yes, overall, I am enjoying the season. I like that, you know, yesterday was probably, in my recent memory, one of the craziest days in terms of, you know, obvious favorites losing. Yeah. Uh, probably one of the, the biggest days for, for Vegas or for survivor pools. Um, and I love that aspect. Like, yeah, is, was Bill's Jags 9-6 to six probably an extremely boring and ugly game? I would imagine it was. But I love that the Jaguars can beat the Bills. And I love that, you know, the Broncos can go into Dallas and, and go up 30 nothing in the fourth quarter. That, to me, is, is one of the real positives about football that you don't necessarily find in other sports all the time. The unpredictability, especially this past week, was, was really next level. I mean, Vegas had been uh... – had been losing on all these three team teasers, right? And I had been successful in betting these three team teasers and they got blown apart. They got blown apart last week. I mean, this past uh, Sunday going into tonight. Uh, but, and yeah, people like the unpredictability about it. I guess people like the drama, but the level of play seems to be regressing year after year after year. Now, is that just a product of the officiating? Is that just a product that people don't, I guess, teams don't practice the way they should have? I know early in the season it can get ugly because teams basically take off the preseason, especially with the starters. But by this point in the season, teams should be sharp, and it just looks like it's getting worse. So um, I know as, as we watch the Giants up close, you know, they uh, always take September and October off before really getting Maybe they it. should stop doing that. <laughs> And they're, um, I don't know, uh, we'll get it that later um, because I'm going to lose my train of thought. But I, I just, I think I, I may disagree with that premise. Like Kyler Murray has been awesome. Um, Tom Brady and the Bucks have been awesome. Lamar Jackson, I think, you know, started maybe a little slow in these last like six weeks. He's been incredible. Um, well, and Rogers has been, I think, maybe not MVP level like last year, but he's been Rogers. Um, I think where we might be lacking are the teams that we thought would finish one, two in the AFC 
and, and the Chiefs and the Bills. And we're used to, especially the last couple of years specifically, you know, their offenses and their quarterbacks just being unbelievable, 40 points a game and, you know, 400 yards. And, and that's what we're used to seeing on a weekly basis. And, you know, that obviously has not happened um, this year. I, it's the Chiefs struggling so badly on offense is one of the, the more surprising things I, I've seen in definitely this year. Um, but in recent memory, I did not see that coming. And so I think maybe there's just a couple of teams, you know, we're used to the Saints being good on offense. Um, and just maybe a couple of those teams are, are performing well under expectations. But I still think we're seeing a high level of play, um, maybe some more inconsistency. The Chargers have looked incredible some weeks and then very average, you know, the next weeks. Dallas laid an egg yesterday, but we've seen them play really well. So I think um, – there's still that high level of play, maybe not as from as many teams and maybe not as consistently as week to week. And to me, that kind of just makes me have more appreciation for those seasons where a team does go 14 and two or 15 and one. And just like how difficult that truly is to to play that well every week. Um, And I also think perhaps by the end of the season, we'll see these top teams start to separate a little, Um, you know, obviously you hope for no injuries or anything, but I think we, you know, come December, we're still talking about Tampa and the Rams and the Bills and the Ravens. And like, I'm still saying the Chiefs, even though I've been saying it for like five weeks and it just hasn't happened. But I think there's a good chance that the teams we thought were going to rise to the top do end up getting there by the end. So then why do I feel like there's this malaise over this season? It can't just be because Patrick Mahomes is super fun to watch week in and week out and he's sucked and the Chiefs have sucked you know, for this entire season. It can't be just because of that, right? I mean, then then what is it? What What's missing? Because it just seems like there's this juice that's missing around the league. Even like, even with teams that are playing well, like Arizona or, or, or Tampa, even they seem to be missing something. Um, I, I, I mean, so if we're going to say that a part of that is not just that, we live in New York and we're seeing the jets and giants, you know, up close. And that's just not really good football on a week to week basis. Um, I, I don't know. It could, I mean, the chiefs and the bills, I feel like are on prime time a lot. And if they're not having those games that we're used to, those are the kind of the games that we're focused on. Um, Arizona, I feel like has, has had one prime time game and it was a couple of weeks ago against green Bay. And that was an amazing game. But even that Green Bay, that game had less juice. There was no Devontae Adams. Um, and um, Hopkins, you know, got hurt in the first half. So, like, that was a great game, two great teams. But it was, like, kind of an ugly game. Maybe that's your point. Um, but it wasn't, like, at full strength. And then we see last night, Rams-Titans. But there's no Derrick Henry anymore. So that, you know, it was a kind of a boring game, not really close in, in surprising fashion. But if the, you know Derrick Henry is playing, that game's got a lot of juice. Uh, so I don't know if it's if it's injuries. You know, McCaffrey got hurt, and the Saints. Yeah, just I don't know. You go individual teams by individual teams. I kind of kind of get what you're saying. Like, there's no, there's not a feeling of like these these two or three or even one like power team that's like who's going to take them down. But I I don't mind that that there's a cluster of six teams right now that I think, you know, have, a, have, a, have the best shot to win the Super Bowl or get to the Super Bowl. And I, you know, I, I don't mind that there's not, you know, this one or two teams running away with it or scoring 40 game and no one can touch them. 
Uh, that, that to me is not necessarily a negative. I think I said this about last season also, and maybe it's the officiating that is really just taking the steam out of it. I mean, besides for Russell Wilson, I mean, I know guys get nicked up, but I don't think there's been, yeah, the Derrick Henry injury hurts, but have there been really like really big injuries that like we really care about? I'm not so sure. I I just, this season seems a little bit just more malaise than even last season. And, and maybe at the end of it, like last season, we had a great playoffs, right? We had a great stretch run and a great playoffs. Maybe this season we'll have that. I just, I don't know what it is. It just seems, something just seems off and I can't quite put my finger on it. And it's just, I find myself watching less and less each week. Well, I mean, if I were you, I would probably attribute to that to just, you have a lot of dates. You don't have time to watch football. <laughs> yeah, okay. And I think that's perfectly <laughs> acceptable. All right. So um, speaking of bad football, uh, the Giants. The Giants didn't necessarily play good offensive football, but they played a, a good on the defensive side. That's two weeks in a row. They're now three and six after beating the Raiders. I would say three weeks in a row. Three weeks in a row. Yeah. Three weeks in a row they played um, good, uh, good on defense. They won me a little bit of money this weekend, which was nice. So is there any reason for Giants fans to be excited for the rest of the year? Or is this going to be the same song and dance where they're in no man's land? They're going to win just enough games that everybody runs this back and it's just going to be the same old crap year in and year out. So I'll say the short answer to it, is there any reason to be excited for the rest of the season is no. And the long answer is that it's going to be the same song and dance. They're going to win a few more games by the end of the year and probably talk themselves into running it back next year. And, you know, I, I, this is all I've been hearing today on the radio. It's just, it's so stupid is like, the Giants can get to eight or nine wins. Like, it's not so far-fetched. Like, you know what's far-fetched? Being 500 after eight weeks. That's what seems like is very far-fetched. And I get, like, they didn't, no one expected them to beat the Saints. And no one expect. I, I wouldn't say no one expected them to win yesterday. I actually thought they, they had a really good chance to win yesterday uh, for a couple of reasons. But, like, yeah, they're not going to go two and 15. Okay, or three and 14. I never thought that was going to happen. That would be very surprising to me, at, at, you know, even after their, their two and six, that they would actually finish four and 13 or three and 14 or whatever. But when people say when you're 0 and three, and really after you lost to Washington, you're 0 and two, but then definitely 0 and three losing to Atlanta, and everyone, all the fans and all the media is like the season's over. It's 0 and 3. It's another season over before October. There's a reason that that's true. And that reason is like, even if you win a couple of games in the next bunch and get to three and six, you still literally need to finish like six and two to make the playoffs. Like it's just too much to overcome. So that's why when you're 0 and 3 and you've lost to Denver, who it's funny, they were 3 and 0. Then they lost, I think three or four in a row. And I was like, oh man, Denver sucks. Then they crushed Dallas yesterday. So I'm not, I'm really sure what Denver's deal is, but losing to Washington lit um, because you were offsides on a field goal, that was no good. And then losing to Atlanta at home 
when all Dory Jackson has to do is, is catch an interception in the end zone to end the game. Yeah. You lose those games and it's like, that that's just what's going to be now the rest of the season when you're three and six or when you're four and eight or when you're five and 10 and you're like, well, they really could be eight and five, you know, if they just did this and this, but they didn't do that. And that's why when you're zero and three, the season is effectively over. And when you're two and six, the season is over because you just, you need to play, you need to be like you know, amazing, uh, perfect the rest of the way to have a chance at the playoffs, which they just won't, they won't be there, you know, so I, is there a reason to be excited? This is when it turns to like individual players. Like, yeah, I'm excited to watch Kadarius Tony for the rest of the season, assuming he gets on the field and, and gets the ball. Um, I guess that's TBD. And yeah, I would like to see Kenny Galladay play. Like he's played two, two games this year, but three games this year. And I want to see, I'm just, I just want to see the whole offense play. I want to see Saquon, Galladay, Tony, basically those three, Andrew Thomas, all on the field for a string of games and see what the offense looks like. That doesn't mean I think they're going to finish six and two and, and make a playoff run with eight or nine wins. I don't think that's going to happen. I'm sure they're going to lose games that we're all saying they could win. Yeah. They could beat Philly twice and they probably won't. So like they could beat Dallas at home, I guess, but they probably won't. So I, I think their realistic finish is, six to seven wins. I, I think that's definitely attainable. And I guess if you have seven wins and, you know, eight or nine is really pushing for the last playoff spot, then there's some chance in December, you're like one of those teams that's quote in the hunt, but I don't think the playoffs are realistic. I don't think they're going to really have a legitimate shot at the playoffs come the last few weeks of the season. So from that standpoint, I don't think there's too much to get excited about more. So just individual players, and I would like to see Jones and the offense function with their main guys playing. So before I, I, I go high level with the Giants, I, I guess having, you know, listened to what you just said. And I know that when you constantly tank, there's a culture of losing and you want to break that, right? Because I don't think that's good for anybody. But could you make the case that the, the Jets are better off than the Giants right now? Um, the jets are, are interesting. Like if you, it's crazy how much this changes week to week. If Zach Wilson were the quarterback that threw for 500, uh, 400 yards two weeks ago and beat Cincy, I feel like they would just have this huge, uh, aura of confidence going forward that, you know, this guy is the real deal. And then that, you know, if that, if we're at the end of the season and it's hard to, to see this happening at this point, cause we're already midway through. But if we were at the end of the season and Zach Wilson had like pretty clearly shown kind of like Justin Herbert did last year, that he had all the great potential and they started winning games at the end, then for sure the Jets are in better position because quarterback is what matters. And on top of that, you know, we know the Giants have two first round picks and theirs and the Bears next year, but the Jets have their own and Seattle's first round pick next year. And so you know, there from that standpoint are, are basically as good as the giant situation. So, you know, it's possible they're feeling better about their quarterback and they have a lot of picks actually, not just two first rounds, but I think they have a bunch in the middle round. Um, thanks to the Jamal Adams trade, but you, I think at the present moment, the giants, I would say this might be biased. I don't, because I don't know the jets like as well, obviously as the giants, I would say the giants have more talent 
But going forward, especially if the Giants end up with, let's say they end up with six or seven wins and the Bears end up with six or seven wins. And so the Giants picks are like, you know, 14, uh, you know, 12 and 16. Maybe that's even too low, uh, 10 and 14. But the Jets picks are like three and 11. So that's our, uh, that's significantly better. So th- there's definitely a world where by the end of the season, the Jets are set up better. They also have more cap space. I think the Giants are, are pretty, pretty much out. Bad, bad cap shape going forward. Um, and that's what you never like. Man, this Daniel Jones and Saquon situations at the end of the year are really going to be fascinating. Just I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know who's going to be making that decision. And, you know, the, the, in the Venn diagram of like in the playoff hunt and rebuilding, or I should say uh, salary cap space and rebuilding the place you don't want to be in is in the middle where you're rebuilding, but don't have cap space, which is exactly where they are. It feels like the Giants definitely could be slotted into that area. Exactly. And so that's, it's just, I can't predict what's going to happen there. You know, they don't, they really just have to, I guess, do Daniel Jones is like 50 year option next year. Like you don't need to extend them this off season, but, if they're going to keep him, that means they're not going to take a quarterback. Uh, that's a whole other conversation because to my knowledge, there's not really, you know, a good crop of quarterbacks coming out. And so no, no, first, be- no real first round talents right now so, that is projecting. I mean, if this was the quarterback class of lat of this past year, all right, I'd say the giants are in good shape, but right. That's, that's so, not this year, apparently. So it's obviously no guarantee. In fact, it's probably a good guarantee that it's going to go the other way, that, you know, Galladay, Saquon, and Tony and Andrew Thomas all stay healthy the second half of the season. But, like, I can definitely see a scenario, and I'm not even saying this means Gettleman stays, but the offense, you know, looks better in the second half of the season. These guys are playing and they're healthy. And, you know, they still finish seven and 10, but there's a little renewed confidence in the offense. And so, like, I mean, the Saquon contract extension discussion decision is, is I really don't know. What, oh, you know exactly there. how it's going to go. I, well, if Gettleman were the one doing it, yes, we 100% know. But if it's a different GM, then, you know, it's, I was thinking about this the other, the other day, like we all assume, and it's, we all assume that, when Gettleman was hired, uh, it was basically, you know, he promised management or management made him retain Eli and try to rebuild with Eli. And like, if the Giants hire a GM, not from within the organization, and this GM is like, you know, Saquon is, is, you know, touched by the hand of God and we must extend this guy and does that. Then for all the subsequent years, we're all going to believe again, like Mara only hired someone who agreed to keep Saquon or he forced him on him. Because like, there's very low chance, in my opinion, that an independent outside GM who would interview and take this job would be in favor of uh, giving Saquon this huge contract extension. So, well, I know you'll see, you know how it's going to happen. For Gettleman, yes. If it's not Gettleman, I really, I really don't know. Um, but certainly can see a situation where next year, week one, it's Jones, Saquon, Galladay, Tony, and Ru- you know, Evan Ingram, I probably not, although, you know, two nice touchdowns the last two weeks, um, but probably not. And they could use those first round picks. On, so it's not like, you know, they don't have other needs. You take, you know, another, uh, you take a line offensive lineman in the first round 
And but they've drafted a linebacker. offensive lineman high the last no. three drafts. They don't get it Andrew, right. Andrew Thomas um, was playing very he looks well like he's until okay. he got hurt. So if he's the left tackle, you have it's really the only position you're confident in. So you could draft any other position in the first round. Yes, because the other draft picks have sucked. That's 100% true. And Gettleman sucks for that. So you could pick O-line. You could pick a linebacker. All of a sudden, you add a pass rusher and, you know, a right tackle or some balling guard or something. And now you've added two more pieces to your defense. Uh, you know, Aziz Ojulari hasn't been amazing or consistent, but he has five and a half sacks. You, you know, you have now two edge rushers, your second round pick and a first round pick, and you try to start building something. Obviously, health is, is most important for everyone. So, you know, the Giants have a lot of players that get injured. Gettleman was right when he said hurt players get hurt. Uh, the only thing he's ever said that was accurate. And, of course, he went against that and acquired only injury-prone players who have been injury-prone this year. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. The Kenny Galladay contract is already going to look like a cap casualty. I wouldn't be surprised if they cut him at the end of the year. At least a smart GM would do that. But whatever. It is what it is. We all know, like, the only way the Giants are getting out of this for next year right now is if they somehow are able to trade for one of the awesome quarterbacks who may be hitting the market. Other than that, it's running the same crap back, and it's just going to be the same garbage. But anyway, enough with them. I, I We've wasted too much breath on them. Um, I would love to uh, to see uh, – it's not going to happen, but, like, yes, I would be in favor of giving up, you know, two first-rounders plus for Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers. Of course. Um, probably Russell not. Russell Wilson, uh, obviously, more so than Aaron Rodgers, but, of course, it's the only way to relevancy yeah. for them. That, that would be fun. That would be fun. Um, but we uh, dare to dream, dare to dream. Okay. So around the league, I mean, we touched on it a little bit earlier, but you know, the season's wide open as ever. Are there any good teams? Because just two weeks ago, the Bengals were the number one seed in the AFC. Now they're 10th, right? Ever since I, I come on with, um, you know, I, I do a podcast talking about how great the Bengals are. They lose to the Jets and got crushed by the Browns, right? Uh, yep. are, are, are the Bucks good? Are the Rams good? Like, who's good? Like, the Bills? What was that? Um, yes. Yeah, so, like, I mean, that goes back to what we were talking about in the beginning. The Bengals, when they were the one seed at, at Florida, they, they were five and two or something. I mean, that, that always – they had just crushed Baltimore. That's the truth. That's what's – I mean, that's why I, that's what I love about football. But I mean, I never thought the Bengals were like a legitimate top seed. Um, and who's good? Uh, yeah, Tampa's really good. Um, you know, Antonio Brown is kind of, is going to come back. But Tampa, I feel like they've had some injuries. Their defense may be not amazing, but their D line is pretty good. Um, and I think by the end, like Arizona, I I know what you're saying. Like, didn't also feel like they've been a powerhouse, even if they were seven and one. But that could just be that kind of feeling that we get when it's a team doing it for the first time. So we're not convinced. Um, kind of like, you know, Lamar, his second season or his first season where he started, he did all that crazy stuff. And I know me, and, and I think you also, you may be a little longer held out. We're like, you know, this isn't sustainable and it's just whatever. And then, you know, three years later, he had a little dip. But, you know, he's clearly, it was not a flash in the pan. And so we could be saying that next year if Arizona, you know, wins a playoff game this year and the next year, you know, they're also in the top seed and we're like, oh, Arizona is actually really good. 
So Arizona, they were really Tampa, impressive they... on Sunday, winning without Murray, winning without all I, their guys. It's they funny. Uh, the Niners. Seeing, we'll get to the Niners seeing, in a second. What Colt McCoy did for the Giants last year when he threw for like 90 yards um, and then actually watch him with Arizona and say like, oh, he actually can throw it like 15 yards down the field. Um, the Rams game on, last night. Hold on one second. We yep. dumped on, we've dumped on Cliff Kingsbury uh, as a yes. coach, but there's no yep. question that Cliff Kingsbury as an offensive, you know, play caller is imaginative and knows what he's doing. Which is a stark contrast to who the Giants employ, but whatever. We're we're not talking about the Giants anymore. Um, I think the Rams. I don't know what happened last night. Just that was just you know one of those games. I'm not gonna ignore the first eight weeks of the season and be like, oh, the Rams aren't for real. I I think the Rams are gonna win the Super Bowl. Uh, so I think Rams, um, Bucks, Cardinals. The Packers with, you know, Rodgers and Adams and Jones, Aaron Jones, and they're actually getting a couple of big pieces back on defense. Um, Jair Alexander has been out for a long time, and I believe Zadarius Smith has, is coming back. So, you know, right there, that's four top teams, in my opinion. Um, and I, I hate to include Dallas. I hope Dallas is starting one of their midseason meltdowns right now. Um, but there – and the Bills – Bills and Chiefs, I just, I have, I don't have to, but like, I just think it's gonna turn around at some point. Like, it just, they're just too good. And, and it can't be that simple to just like play the certain defense where you keep a safety deep so you don't get beat. You know, you just don't let Tyreek Hill run past you. And now the Chiefs like can't score 20 points a game. I, 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 I have a hard time believing it's that simple. So I think Bills, Chiefs, um, AFC South is interesting because I really think Derrick Henry's absence is a huge, huge thing for the Titans. I, I was quite surprised that they won last night. Um, it's just going to be hard, I think, for them to overcome that really. And so the AFC South, like, doesn't obviously does not have any real contenders. And the AFC North, even, like, I just don't know what to make of Cleveland, Cincinnati, Pittsburgh seems like. They all have very impressive wins and then all have really crappy losses. And I didn't even mention Baltimore. I guess Baltimore is the best one there. Um, I could see Baltimore, you know, getting there at the end. Um, and just remember how many injuries they had before the season started. It's just very Their impressive. defense is suspect. I'm not buying the Oh, Ravens. yeah, very suspect. But, like, that's why Lamar has just been so good. Like, that's why people are all on him this year. Um, like who is he throwing to and who are his running backs and who's on his defense. Um, but you know, putting the team on his back. Um, so anyway, I think maybe now some of those top teams have been inconsistent, especially the last two weeks or so. But I think by the end, we'll be talking about those as like the clear favorites and probably the, the final four teams, uh, from that group. To me, if I had to pick all of those teams to just like, all right, we're giving a pass. Buffalo, because how they were blowing teams out before, I guess gets a pass. I mean, I know but even like, um, like even last week, I know they beat Miami and ended up winning by like twenty. But I feel like they were up like it wasn't it wasn't seven three 20. in the fourth quarter. Yeah, it wasn't right. a pretty twenty. And Josh Allen hasn't been as accurate this year as last year. Now I don't know if that's like. Again, like I, I watch a lot of red zone. I don't know if that's like offensive line issue. Like, I don't know what's going on there, but 
it just hasn't looked right. You just have to trust that that because of their roster that and that they did have an unbelievable point differential that last week was just an anomaly. I don't think we can call this cheap things an anomaly anymore. I mean, this is how this is six straight weeks now. I know it's it's every week. I'm like, this is the week. It's got to turn. And it could just be, I mean, when you really look at their team, it's like it's Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey. And Kelsey is now 32 and really hasn't like missed a game in like six years. It's, it's you know, I'm going to say this and he's going to have like three touchdowns this week, but it's entirely possible that the age, you know, the age model is catching up with him as it does to, to players in their 30s. And he's still, you know, he's just not as fast, not as quick and still has good hands, but like he's just not having those 120 yard, two touchdown games. Tyreek, I know has been like nursing an injury, but playing. So it's possible, I guess, that that's hindering him. But like if it's just, again, you just have to make sure Tyreek doesn't run by you and make him catch, you know, short passes and tackle. And then Hardman is, McCall Hardman's been like not really oh. anything. And who else do they have? Byron Pringle and Demarcus Robinson and they're running. Edward Zelaire was injured, is injured. So it's like they had really, it was always just like Tyreek and, and Kelsey and Kelsey maybe is just slowing down a little. Um, I would love to see the Chiefs be a team that Beckham winds up on. That would be very fun for me. Um, hold, hold the Beckham thought yeah. for a second because okay. we're going to get into uh, what we were right, what we were wrong on in a second. But just looking at high-level overview of the league is, man, it is really shaping up again for Sir Tom Brady to do it again. I mean, you would have to say almost every year it's like shaping up for him, except no, for the last but this year especially because I'm not. I know yeah, you're like the Rams, but like Matt Stafford still has the. Eh, I know. Sure? Well, until he doesn't. Until he doesn't. Right. Um, I, I but yes, the Bucks are the favorites. What'd you say? The Bucks are definitely the favorites, probably to win. They're the, the Super only Bowl team you point. can trust. Right. Right. So, um, right. Well, that's what happens when the quarterback has done it, you know, fourteen times, uh, and no one else has done it more than once. So, yeah, they're, they're the team you would trust. He's been touched by the man above. Because every year it goes his way. And it used to bother me because I hate Boston and that whole New England area. But it's just incredible. Every year. Every damn year. Don't be upset. You should appreciate and admire. It's wild. He's incredible. Whatever. Whatever. Um, Okay. Before we go on, are you uh, privy to this Manning cast curse? I, I saw it on Twitter today. Yeah, I, it was brought to my attention before this week, um, and then it continued this week, uh, where an NFL player goes on the Eli Payton Manning cast as a guest. They uh, were oh, are now 0-6 the following week, and that includes lots of favorites. So Travis Kelsey, Russell Wilson were on the show week one. They lost week two. Gronk was on week two, lost week three. Stafford, Brady... And then this past week, Josh Allen was on for the Giants-Chiefs game, and, and Buffalo loses to Jacksonville. So they really they're zero and six right now. Um, the curse is is uh, approaching Madden curse levels. 
And that's just, it's, I just, when I was brought to my attention before the week, I was like, all right, well, it's going to be broken this week. And then Jackson will beat Buffalo. There might be something to it. I don't know. Not focused on this preparation. And with all that said, I'm still pro Manning cast. I'm still oh, of pro. course. It's, I actually, so for the Giants Chiefs game, I, I'll say this really quickly. I basically spent the entire day Monday um, thinking about if, which broadcast I would watch. And I ended up going with the Manning cast to start and ended up watching the Manning cast throughout. And I, I don't know if you were watching it. Uh, no, I, I was John's, at the Nick game torturing myself. Uh, Watching uh, OG Ananobi go nuts against my Knicks. I, as I mentioned in the monologue, I have self banned. Uh, I've been self banned by uh, Madison Square Garden, or I should say from Madison Square Garden to watch the Knicks. John Stewart was the guest uh, for the first quarter. And I didn't actually know he's a, he's a Giants fan. And that seemed like a pretty big Giants fan, um, but I he was just crap. He was up. very reasonable too. Oh, he he asked was, very basic questions, dying. and it was just like, well, those yep. are really good questions. Yeah, he was just ripping the team and, you know, calling them out on, on not, you know, getting the going to the first down yardage on third down. And, um, you know, the Giants defense got the pick in the end zone to start the game, and then Jones throws a pick right away next play. And then the Chiefs scored a touchdown, and John, John Stewart was like, you know, people just don't realize how generous the Giants are as a franchise. Like, you gave us an interception, we'll give it right back to you. Um, they're really very, uh, very generous. And then there's like two seconds of silence, and Eli goes, the Giants are generous, yeah. <laughs> All right, I, no I more Giants surprising. talk. From, one, okay. from the current Giants, because they stink, to one former Giant that you have a major affinity for, Odell Beckham Jr. Mm. Yeah. The, uh, um, the, Cle- the yeah. Cleveland thing has come to an end. I remember very much saying, and I guess this is how we'll transition to what we were right, what we were wrong on. At a certain point, it's you. Now, I say that knowing that Odell Beckham's father put together that little reel of Baker Mayfield, of him being wide open and Baker Mayfield having an inability to just throw him the ball. But again, at a certain point, it's you. You've been an Odell Beckham guy. Are you starting to shift to, at a certain point, it's you? Or are you looking at, like, the Randy Moss situation with the Raiders and saying on his next team, Odell Beckham Jr. can, can have a revival like Randy Moss had? So, I will say... First of all, in the Latin, you know, 10 years ago or so, um, my dad was also putting together a clip of passes that Adam Hoffman missed me on when I was receiver and I convinced him not to release it or, or share it. So um, I know what Odell's going through, but um, in all seriousness, I shout out to Adam Hoffman. <laughs> and I, I, he might be a downloader. I'm not sure he's a listener, um, but I think no, don't it's re- definitely, disrespect him like that. Adam, prove us wrong, bro. Oh, of course. I know I love Adam. Um, I, there's definitely, in my opinion, truth to both sides. And I, I will agree with you. I did not see this tenure in Cleveland going the way it did, obviously. I don't think anyone did. But you know, this is now the second team. So, you know, f- do it once, you know, in my opinion, it was a lot giants and Eli related. I know he was, 
he had a role in him getting traded. His, his interview with Josina and Lil Wayne was ill-received. Um, but then this Cleveland situation, like, it was, it, the situation was set up for him to succeed. Now, I know this isn't like the top, you know, pass-heavy team and Baker Mayfield's not, you know, a top five quarterback. But this is a winning team with a good offense, a good O-line. Like, there's no reason he couldn't have been very, very good on the Browns. So I agree with what you said. Like, it's, you, it's time for him to probably look in the mirror because he doesn't – you know, the third team, if it doesn't go well, I'm not sure there's a fourth team. You know, there probably will be just because of who he is. But, like, you don't want to be that guy who just, like, plays for three teams in the last, like, four years of your career. And so I, I hope he does kind of take that look in the mirror and self-reflect. I don't know if he is is the personality type to do that. So I'm not. Well, then he's out of the convinced. league. Years. I'm not convinced. That may also depend on where he ends up, and that's where your Randy Moss point. Like I could totally see the Patriots uh, going for him either, you know, this week wherever he signs, or next year going forward. Like to me. That would be a very classic Patriots thing. Belichick knows Beckham is super talented. And, you know, if he just behaves and, and he knows he takes it seriously and just like stays out of trouble, there's no reason why he couldn't thrive in New England. Um, so from that standpoint, like Moss, we all, it's hard to go back in time, but like he got traded to the Raiders and then was dust for like two years. And we all thought he was done. And then he, came he actually back had a really amazing good first season game. with the Raiders, if we remember. With the Raiders, no, it wasn't it wasn't Vikings level, but I, yeah, I think it was probably like what a thousand yards or something, like twelve hundred um, yards, like eight TDs or something like that. Like he that was, was still uh, nasty. Who's this quarterback? Like Kerry Collins. Kerry Collins, um, and some others. And so I also think Boss didn't have the injury history that Beckham now has. I really feel like, unfortunately, with a lot of athletes. Beckham's uh, career just got derailed by injuries and it really all started with that high ankle sprain against the Browns in the preseason. Um, He probably came back a little too early, but then week five broke his ankle and then the next year uh, played 12 games, but then had like this calf strain. He missed the last four games. Then he went to the Browns. He had, I think he played all 16 games, but had like off season surgery on something. And then last year he tore his ACL. So like, He's just had now a plethora of severe or significant lower body injuries. And, you know, he's not, not like, you know, Terminator, you know, it takes a toll on you. Now that kind of goes against this video that his dad puts out where he's open, you know, constantly, and he's either not getting thrown to, or they're off target. So there's a combination. I think if he lands in the right spot, he can be a difference maker um, for the right team. So he already said he's not only interested in going to a playoff contender. I think like the Saints, the Chiefs, um, and the Patriots. Um, I don't, uh, there was another team I was thinking of, but I can't remember. Um, I would have said the Raiders, but probably not now that they got the Sean. But I think he's going to end up on one of those teams. Um, you know, what if like, you know, the Rodgers wanted him or something, him and Adams, that'd be crazy. But I do think he's going to end up on one of those teams, and I hope he does because I, for one, you know, I'm not 100%, you know, defend Odell at all costs, but I'm still in the camp that, like, wants to see him succeed and do well and kind of have that, um, 
not not redemp like validation that he, he still is good and he's not like like you know what people are i'll just say these days like oh he sucks he sucks there's one catch like it's just not true all right so again the reason why i brought you on is we made a couple of predictions before the season started now obviously it's hard to remember all of them because we say a lot of stuff uh shy i'll give you credit on this one you liked the dallas cowboys going into the year a lot more than me now, I'm not sure that Dallas is good, but I know that they're not bad. So what other uh, victory laps do you want to take? Um, I think I was high on the Rams. And yes. we were both high on the Rams. The Rams, right. I mean, that was kind of an obvious one. Um, the Chargers have been, I mean, they've just been inconsistent. Um, I know I, I am always higher on the Steelers, and it looked good week one. They beat the Bills, but then then they tanked a little bit. They're also, uh, like, a very inconsistent team. Yeah, but right now I'll chalk that up to a win because they're above 500. I thought they were going to be really bad. Um, well, yeah, and, they, if they lose tonight, they're 500. Well, this is – That again, division is – uh, Right before the game tonight. Uh, right. But no, no not as bad as I thought they were going to be. What'd you say? There's no losing uh, teams in the AFC North or the AFC West, uh, which crazy. is, that is crazy. Yeah. So it's not like, I don't even, the Patriots, I think, I feel like I was a little higher on. Um, I mean, they're five and four and they have the Jets in Miami in their division. So it's not anything to write home about. Titans are definitely better than I expected. I, I didn't think they'd be seven and two. Um, and uh, I mean, the Cowboys to me was just like kind of obvious. Like it's Dak. I think Dak is good. Three amazing receivers, a good O line, Zeke, Tony Pollard, who just wherever he goes to his next team is going to be incredible. And their defense just had to be better than it was last year. They invested a lot of money and draft capital and new coordinator. And, you know, I didn't realize Micah Parsons was going to be, I mean, I, I guess I did think he was going to be really good. Um, and Quandry uh, Diggs is incredible. And so they're, they're good. Like, I, I hope they collapse, but I do think they are good. Yeah, I didn't expect the, um, the Dallas defense to be as good as it is. Uh, and Quandre Diggs has been awesome, but he's also a little, you know, hit or miss right now because Denver kind of went at him all game and he got burnt by, um, by Patrick a lot. It was, that was a little eye-opening. Um, a couple, I guess, where I was right. I was down on the Reds, um, excuse me, the Washington football uh -oh. team. Caught myself, so yep. that's a professional right there, right? 130 <laughs> episodes in, I'm a professional. Washington football team I thought was going to stink. They end up really stinking. Um, but they I haven't thought, even had Fitzpatrick, though, since week one or two. So, like, But I didn't, I didn't think it was going to matter. Right. Fitzpatrick's never been on a good team. Right. Um, Their defense hasn't been good. That's been surprising. Has not been good. I was not buying the Minnesota Vikings. The Minnesota Vikings continue to be the Minnesota Vikings. I know what the stats say for Kirk Cousins. It doesn't matter because it, it they're never going anywhere. And he's he's just good enough to be slightly below average. I don't care what the numbers say. Um, what else did I get right? That the Bengals were going to be, be better than people think. I, I still think the Bengals are, are still pretty good. Uh, I, I love Joe Burrow. I think their defense is not as bad as it looked. 
And while I was wrong on the Niners, I thought the 49ers are going to be good. I've been saying this a while now. Like, Kyle Shanahan kind of sucks. You have been saying that for a while, and, and that's a sentiment I've been seeing uh, on Twitter, especially today after yesterday's loss, um, is like, are we sure Kyle Shanahan's like this amazing coach? Yes, I, I hard to say aside from the Super Bowl season, but aside from the Super Bowl season, I think it's four out of five, you know, with losing record, uh, they're three and five. So obviously that's not decided yet, but they are in fourth place in their division. And I, I feel, I've been seeing some weird things with the Trey Lance situation, like Shanahan was sold on Mac Jones, but then at the end, like got, got kind of swayed by other people in management to go Lance. So that's what they did, but he really preferred Mac Jones. And like, I don't know, you don't know what to believe or not, but like Garoppolo All hasn't reports been, did say that we were hearing that Mac Jones was going to be the Mac pick Jones, three. Right. Um, and then the reason we were like, oh, it makes sense that he took Lance because he was with Washington when they had RG3. And they seem to be very similar skill sets, which is why I thought Trey Lance had a chance to have a really good rookie season if he played. Um, I, I think especially in their division and the playoff situation, if they lose you know, a couple more, it might just make sense to go to Lance to try to give them a spark and at worst just give them some experience before next year. Um, but yeah, they, they Adibo Samuel I, has been incredible and I didn't think he was like anything special. So I don't know if it's just a combination. They've lost some tough games, although yesterday's wasn't really that close. I know they lost to Colt McCoy. But for sure, the Niners have been a disappointment, and, um, and they play in a very tough division. And so – But the division isn't like, even as good as we thought it was. Well, well right, because Seattle's not as good, but Arizona's better than we thought, and the Rams right. are as good as we thought. And Russell Wilson has, has missed three. So I do think the division actually what it is very good, and that probably hurts him. Um, they're Owen, so the Niners are zero and three in their division. So you know you take that out, they're three and two. So they might be, you know, fourth in their division or, or whatever. You know, however you want to evaluate it. But I still think they are are kind of a good team. You know, it, it's not, in my opinion, Miami is much more of a disappointment considering. Their expectations weren't as high as San Francisco's, but no one thought that they were going to be, you know, whatever they are, two and seven, and they lost to Jacksonville. You know, who have they beaten? Houston, and I don't even remember who else they beat. Um, and but, the Patriots yes. week one. Uh, yeah, just like either they well, beat that, the Patriots week one or week yeah. seventeen. It feels like. Yeah, but uh, well, yeah, I, that's so a good transition yes, to where Aaron was wrong because I was high on. The, um, I was high on the Dolphins. I thought they were going to be a playoff team. Uh, that was bad. I thought Dallas was not going to be particularly good. Just because their defense, they're better than advertised. I thought Seattle would be way better than they are. I mean, even if you take Russell Wilson's injury out of it, like, their defense is horrific. Like, horrific. Their and they defense is very bad, of, yeah. They weren't going to win a lot of games with him on the field or with him off the field. Uh, and remember how I said that it was going to be either Atlanta or Carolina for the second uh, for the second team in the uh, NFC South? Yes. Well, I mean, it looks like it's going to be the Saints, even though I don't think the Saints are very good. But 
I picked Carolina, and I was riding high the first three weeks. It's I know. Bad. It is bad news over there. Bad news. Yeah, I, yeah. I think I, I may have mentioned last um, – I over the summer, I had I, I had received a rumor that the Panthers were, were trying to make a push for Deshaun Watson. And so I, I just bet a small uh, futures parlay of Giants and Panthers to win their division. Yeah. And it's probably stupid, be, you know, forget the Giants, but, you know, I, I don't know, I was hoping for a Brady injury. But then the Panthers were 3-0. and I was like, oh, I guess, you know, after three weeks, they're still alive for this. And then it's been very, very ugly since then. And I was definitely one of those people after three weeks who was like, it's hilarious. Darnold just needed to get away from the Jets. And he's like, look how good he was this whole time. And who knew he could rush this way. And then the last month has just been like, he is horrendous. He looks so bad. He was terrible against the Giants. He's terrible yesterday. He's terrible the week before the Giants. Um, and, you know, I could definitely see the Panthers being one of those teams who's like trying to get Rodgers or Wilson or Watson uh, because they, I feel like, have a pretty decent team and are just lacking a QB. Um, What's weird is yeah, their he, offensive he, coordinator is a hot coaching name. Like Joe right, Brady right. is a hot coaching name. Like I would take Joe Brady on the Giants in a second just based right, on his right. reputation alone. Yep, you would think so. Um, and then you're just like, well, maybe it's just Darnold is bad and they're missing McCaffrey. And so, you know, I mean, the receivers are so good. Yeah, it, it's, you know, when you don't like follow the team really close, you only kind of just making these judgments from afar. Like, I don't know, my opinion on the Panthers is just like, I don't know. Yeah, I also thought Joe Brady was like this wonder kid from LSU did so well last year with Bridgewater, but I don't really know what's going on. So let me ask you this, all right? Well, and we'll wrap up here. What do you expect for the second half of the year? Um, is there a team in mind uh, that you have in mind that's going to go on a little bit of a run here that may be like kind of in the middle of the pack of the league right now that is is primed to make a run? And conversely, do you have a team where they're kind of in the middle of the pack, maybe a little bit above the uh, middle of the pack, and it, the bottom's going to fall out? Huh. Um, I, I feel like I would have to know these team schedules. I, I, without knowing that I would just kind of go back to the chiefs who I just feel like have to turn it around and they're third in their division. I don't even know if they're in the playoffs. Um, they might be in the playoffs at this point, but like they're tied with Denver in their own division at five and four. So um, again, like I don't know who they're playing, but actually, I think they have a, a difficult schedule the rest of the way, so maybe not the best example. Um, I don't I mean, the like the Colts, the but Chiefs. like, right? The I know. So that, that's like because really, of Mahomes. Right. Um, I feel like the Titans are going to take a step. Uh, maybe I'm over. Hard to, I can't think that I'm like overrating this Henry injury because of how much he means to the team. But at the same time, he is a running back, and running backs are replaceable. So if the Titans were to, to maybe step back, uh, the Colts, the Colts just lost to them, though. And I don't really like the Colts. Maybe the Browns, like, just turn it around now post-Odell and, you know, reel off a, a good second half and challenge the Ravens for the division. Um, I was just looking at the, the Patriots schedule, which is they end. So the Patriots last four five games actually you know what? i'm gonna go with the patriots what's their record right now they're five and four. 
Oh, you're, you're buying into the Bill Simmons nonsense. I don't, I don't know what he said, but I guess well, I am. He's, they, they he's been beating this drum that the Patriots are actually really, really good, uh, even when they were like three and five or whatever they were, or two and four, that they're actually really, really good. I, so I, they've I lost two. Yeah. I haven't seen enough from Mac Jones to, to make me think that they can score enough points to really. They win. lost to Miami by one week one. Mac Jones first start. I think Damian Harris like fumbled when he was running the clock out. Um, they got crushed the by the. Zone. They got crushed by the Saints, uh, so that was a bad game. But then they lost to Tampa and Dallas. Um, they play Cleveland this week, then Atlanta, Titans, and Bills. So the next four weeks aren't the easiest, and then the Colts, and then the Bills again. How many games do they play this year? Oh my bad, I'm an idiot. I, I was scrolling down, not realizing that it goes right into preseason. And so I was like, they well, ended they haven't Washington. played the Bills yet at all. Right. And I thought I they ended the season. they had their with... bye week. They, uh, no, not yet. They have, wow, week 14 bye week. Oh, wow. Um, they end the season with Jaguars, Dolphins. So that should at least be two wins to end. But the next uh, bunch of games are not, not so easy. So maybe not the Patriots. Um, I mean, the Giants aren't going to like separate, but like they could win four games in their last, you know, six or something. I don't know if that matters for any reason. Um, it's hard to say without without the schedules. I just think the teams we thought in the beginning of the season would rise to the top: Green Bay, the Rams, the Bucks. For me, Dallas, I mean, Arizona is obviously in that conversation now, and Bills, Baltimore, and you know, I don't know. Those two in the AFC, I think, are, are going to rise to the top. To me, the team that's like in the middle, that's kind of like maybe a little bit above average, that I think is going to fall, is the Saints. I, I just, oh yeah, I they definitely... don't, they don't score points. Winston's out, and it's not even that he was so great. Like they don't throw the ball down the field. They're not dynamic at all. I just don't know how they're going to win many games and. I just I, – I don't see anybody beating Tampa. <laughs> like, seriously, yeah, I don't think anybody's going to beat them. Except Maybe for the Giants the in two Rams weeks, I agree. Von Miller gets in the mix. Maybe, but I just – I think Tampa's going to go back to back. I mean, literally, it wouldn't be the first time he, he did that. Brady did that. But I agree. I don't see outside of – uh, two Monday nights from now, Giants winning at Tampa. I don't see who's going to beat Tom Brady. Um, and then, uh, oh, the Saints. Yeah, I mean, Trevor Simeon is bad. We know this. And I, I think I would not be shocked if Taysom Hill starts this coming weekend and the rest of the season. Now, I don't think Taysom Hill is great as a quarterback, um, but I think he can produce for them. Um, but they're another team like, it's Kamara and like nobody what else it's like Deontay Harris and, and Traquan Smith. And I like, I don't know, honestly, how they, how they even won any games. So yes. I, uh, what is their record now? What are they like four and five and three? Uh, yeah, I could, I could see them finishing below 500. Well, that would be something I was right about because I was fading the Saints heavy before the year started. I know Mike Francesa and uh, Bill Simmons <laughs> love the Saints. 
Nice. Yeah, that. but they're five and they're five and three. So if they're, yeah. you know, if they're recapping now, that would be something that they would say they were right about. Well, that's why you play the full season. Well, on that note, Shy, this is great. It's always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. I hope to maybe see you this weekend. And uh, obviously, we're like we always do. We're gonna text throughout the uh, the weeks about this football season, how much I hate it, and you're gonna talk me off the ledge like you do, yeah. but. I don't know, man. Whatever. I football sucks. I, I need the Knicks to to carry me through. That's basically it. Knicks and Rangers. It's uh it's time. Shout out to uh, my guy Xavier McKinney. Finally had an impactful game. Shout out to him. Um, right, if the if the draft were today, by the way, Giants pick eighth and eleven. So we can root for the Giants to win, but let's keep rooting for the Bears to lose. Wonderful. So we can get a guard and. Maybe they'll got two guards, up. maybe two guards and the best running back available. Or maybe they'll take a linebacker in the first round for the first time. in who knows how long considering their linebacking core is eh. Yes, that would be good. It'd be nice. Yeah. Micah Parsons would have been nice if he would have uh, been available, but anyway, whatever the giants stink shy. I'll speak to you later, boss. Have a good one. All right. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Thanks again to recurring guest Shia Elberger for coming back on the show, talking a little NFL. By the way, obviously, as I mentioned before, when we started the recording, the Monday night football game had not taken place. I went to play a little pickup hoop, came back to watch the end of the football game. And of course, as I mentioned before, as we mentioned before on our talk, the referees are absolutely butchered that game. Absolutely butchered it. Just just embarrassing, embarrassing, just more of what we uh, were talking about before about even when exciting games are happening. And there was a lot of excitement, especially with Justin Fields leading a comeback late. The Steelers pulled it out uh, with a late field goal. But yeah, it, it's just gross. It's a gross display. And the product of the NFL week in and week out continues to disappoint. But anyway, that's episode 131 for the love of the game. Take us out, Wale. Getting easy on a straight easy on a you talking greasy, best believe they gonna see ya, homie. Easy on a straight easy on a to keep it cheat on nobody, see you, you being humble. Bras gonna follow. Hold up. Hold up. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. 